0: Have you ever had an idea for a new product? What does it take for that idea to become an actual product? And what does that journey look like for the inventor? Stick around, we'll talk about that with today's guest on Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor. Their stories their ministry and their love for jesus my name is pastor mark and i'm the host for the here at home podcast and i'm excited about this episode for a couple of reasons first of all this is our first Episode of season two, so it's the premiere episode for season two, and I'm also excited because we have a very special guest joining us today, Mr. Steve and So, welcome, Steve. I am excited to be out on this show. I mean, Mark,
1: I was telling you earlier that this is what I listen to. Awesome job, great job. So, should I say awesome job
0: on this one? Good job. Thank on you. This I one. appreciate it very much. So, you're a you're a regular listener to the Here at Home mm-hmm. podcast. Awesome. On my jogs, and uh, you're on your jogs. I do put it at 1.5
1: you know, when you speed it up a little bit. What do we sound like? Do we talk it, it's like, but today, how this? I'm like, oh, yeah. So we're
0: cool. going to slow it down now All right, us, a little talk. Uh, we can do that, talk. So, nice and slow. Man, I so appreciate you being a part of this today. And as we get started, before we kind of dive into the topic, mm-hmm. let's let our listeners get to know you, because there's probably somebody listening, Steve who? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and uh, I'll ask any follow-up questions as you go. All right, so I've been down here since 2001. I'm from Chicago
1: originally. Um my dad moved down here first. And uh he tagged along, called me up one day, he says, um, he started a painting business, says, Steve, you want to come to 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 Florida, help me with the painting business? And I said, sure. <laughs> so why not? I mean Chicago compared to 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 Florida. So I was like, I'm I'm yeah. on that plane, let's go. So I came down here and I, I met my uh my my bride. hmm probably six months into being down here. Wow. And then um, from that point, um, I I was blessed to have a, uh, I call her my daughter, she's my stepdaughter, but um, I consider my own Leora. She Mm. was uh, very involved here at McGregor Baptist Church, went through all the youth and all that. Um, Lenora and I got married in 2002, but, uh, so then I have, uh, after well, Leora, she's 28 years old now. Mm. And um, surprisingly, I'm gonna jump up and then go back down. Uh, I'm gonna be a grandpa. <gasps> what I, I am? She's been married to Spencer for about five years. She's in Boston right now, and um, she's going to dental school. And and I'm gonna be grandpa. I'm going. I'm going with um, the name Papa. Papa. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Papa or Gramps, something like that. Big Papa. Yeah. Yeah. Big. I don't know about <laughs> Big Papa, but yeah, maybe be Big Papa. Then I have two boys, yeah. Chase and Quinn, and they are all out boys. They are just.
0: Keep you Um, on your toes, huh? Yeah, they do. They keep me on my toes. They're good kids, though.
1: Yeah. So my dad started a uh, and my stepmom started a painting uh, business back in 2001, and we I was working with them for several years with the business, and a lot of people were asking my dad about real estate down here, and um, also people that were on the job, uh, our clients that we were painting for. So my dad says, "Well, I think I'm going to get into real estate," Mm. and at that time, I was blessed to take over the painting business. Uh, in 2006 and take it to, um, you know, more of a, there's custom painting and then there's production painting, more of a custom paint uh, process that we go for people, so. Right. But uh, yeah, McGregor was actually the second church that I attended uh, down here in in Fort Myers. I went to Daniel's Baptist Church, and then uh, my dad and Kathy switched over to here probably a month after that. And then I came here, and it's been, been
0: my home. only church yeah. since. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell us about some of the things you've done here in areas of service here at McGregor. Well,
1: in, I, I started off as the buggy brigade. That was when you pushed the little red trolley around for your kids, and I just okay. I had a joy with that. Those kids were um, were awesome. So I started off with the buggy brigade and pushing them around. I did two trips. I would go all the way around the premises of the church, and I would stop by the fish, I'd show the kids the fish. Got to stop by the fish. Got to stop by the fish, and I'd come back. And then um, shortly after that, I got... Kerry invited me out. No, We went went on a mission trip together, and he said shortly after that, why don't you help me start teaching or be a part of a class Mm -hmm. and lead a group? Mm -hmm. And then so I, I started helping leading a group, and then a um, couple weeks into, he's like, hey, um, I need you to teach tomorrow or something like that. Or maybe it was a week's notice. And I said, I, I, I have a fear of talking in front of people. I, I can't talk in front of people. He's <laughs> like, I need you. So um, so I, I worked with alongside Kerry in his class with college and career for about 10 years. I was involved with him. And then shortly after that, um, part of the reason I went to college in Kirk because our daughter Leora, she was going into that phase, right. so we were going to try to be as evolved with that. Mm-hmm. And then after that ten years, our young, our middle son Chase um, was going into middle school in sixth grade, so I wanted to be fair and try to give each each their time with mm-hmm. with daddy. You yeah. know, so I did two years with with sixth and seventh grade alongside Christian Miller. Executive
0: uh, producer of the, uh, your yes. at home podcast,
1: big time baby. Yeah. So then we did that for two years with Chase, and then we went two years with uh, Quinn, sixth and seventh. And uh, this past August, we were back into a Bible adult life group, adult life, life group. group. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so you've been doing a lot. You're also currently serving as a deacon here, correct?
1: I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's something that uh, uh, when you hear that. Deacon, that the, the word sounds a little intimidating. Deacon but, Steve. <laughs> but when you think about it, Carrie put it in me in one sense, it's it's an act of service, going out and serve. That's your primary uh, service mm-hmm. Then I'm like, I can do that. you know. So so to be able to tie that with that, I'm like, I like to serve. I
0: can do that. Absolutely, so, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but, but very much a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the, the painting business, I know that you also have some giftedness in the area of making paintings. Mm. Uh, that you've had a chance. And maybe some people that don't know your name have seen you do that. Share a little bit about how that even came about and I'm talking about your portraits of yeah. Christ. It was when worship art, it's the worship
1: art. So you basically you, you you got a canvas probably five by five, you know, square feet and you just daring a song, you start putting a paint on the on the canvas and five minutes later you got a you got a painting, you flip it up, right side up, and and bam, you got an image. So I, I was watching these YouTube videos back in the day, or I don't know, 2007, you know with Rob Flint uh, earlier in that stage, mm-hmm. and I was watching this stuff on YouTube, and um, I was like, wow, this is cool. And I was already a painter, and my my background is I was an art major, oh, but I was okay. a sculptor. Oh. So painting and sculpting are two different things. Yes. So I just, for myself, I wanted to just start learning this, you know. So I started, my very first one, I did, uh, and I, I got it somewhere. I did, I did the image in, like, maybe 15 minutes, and I stepped back, and I looked at it. It looked like a caveman. It was horrible. <laughs> and I says, man, this is going to take some time. you got to start somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, what you realize is, is that when I go up there on stage... You know what people see is boom 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 five minutes it's up yeah. but it's um it takes a lot of time a lot of practices you know you listen to the music at what point the key where you need to be and and where the brush strokes are i i, I timed where my brush strokes need to go i knew every movement of before to the music, yeah, yeah, because you got to get it done
0: at the exact time.
1: If not, if that song's down and people are just sitting there and there's a little
0: no music, yeah,
1: <laughs> or or somebody in the background like Rob <laughs> Flint's like, keep the music going
0: for another ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. This guy's slower than we thought. Yeah. All right. Well, you you are definitely a person of uh, many talents, obviously. But let's let's talk about what I ask you to come on and talk about, and you also or an inventor. And uh, I don't know if you like to have that title, but that truly is what you are. And I, I mentioned in the opening about, you know how does an idea actually become a product? Well, that's been your life now for a long time, and taking an idea, or ideas, and creating products. So, mm-hmm. did you growing up as a kid? Were you always thinking of ideas? That that kind of was how you were wired. Or is this something more recent as an adult?
1: You know where it comes down to. No. Legos. 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 I oh. loved Legos as a kid, yes, and so I would always yeah. And I had two brothers, and um, you know you would read the directions and go through everything as as you can, and then you know here comes big brother. <laughs> <laughs> Now you got all these pieces all over the place, and it's like, ah! and then you try, you know, recreating something else. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe a lot of it came down to you know my childhood with just like 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 to tinker with things, mm-hmm. you know, putting things together, seeing how things worked. So that's that's where a lot of it uh, drew my interest, I guess you would say. You know, art was my in school. I was I was not good uh, in school, so if I had. um like English or whatever it was a d or I hate to say it f's um, what? yeah <laughs> art was my a so that brought me my middle <laughs> it ground kept you in school that kept me my my gpa up so art was always something i could connect with people yeah. you
0: know or you know do well so well let's talk about this specific idea that you had i guess yeah. now it's been like 10 2012 is 20. when so, yeah so 10 so it is years. 10 years ago so roughly 10 years Whoa. ago so talk to us first about how the idea uh-huh. got into your head okay and then we'll kind of go from there but i'm very curious to see how did you know as an inventor as someone that actually has products that people can go and buy mm-hmm. how did that idea come about? yeah
1: so I, I get a lot of calls from people, or not calls, or emails, sometimes calls from painters or other people saying, hey, how do I get to point A to point B? And um, for me personally, the first two things that I did was pick up two books, uh, Patent for Dummies and Invention for Dummies. And I said, you read those two books, you'll be good to go. So that that <laughs> that's exactly what um, what what I did, and I, I, I followed that guideline. Now, as far as the products itself, uh, hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought of an idea, Mark, where where you're like, man, I got this idea, yeah. this is oh, yeah. a great idea, and then next thing you know, you go to the store and you're like, see you see it. Yeah. And, and you don't yeah. realize that that product's actually been out for 20 years, you're just new to knowing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a, a miss, uh, what is a miscommunication with a lot of people when they describe the product that I invented. Um, I thought I had something where where it was a paint bucket on wheels or a tray wheels, but they had patents on those products for years and years, and painters have been using mop buckets since 1950. Hmm. So there was never to be an invention as far as a paint bucket on wheels or a paint tray on wheels, although the idea was new to me and inventive in my brain. Um it, it was okay so
0: how's that feel when you think you you've never seen something you've got this in your mind it's gonna help lots of people and then all of a sudden you find out oh wait they've been doing something similar <laughs> for decades well that, that to, to bring it all
1: back to where where it all came about was is we i had a painter on the job and he was using a shop vac to paint out of him I'm like that's so cool uh and i thought man we got something you know and and little did i know that there was already stuff then you out said there. Mop
0: buckets, <laughs>
1: yeah, or mop buckets, and then um, um, paint trays on wheels. You know, I was having a conversation with with uh, Carrie, and Carrie's like, "Oh, put a tr- put wheels on a tray," and I was like, "That's great." And my my one of my investors said the same thing. Put put a and I, and then you do research, and then you see all these paint trays on wheels. It's like, wow, you thought you had something. So. Um, I just kept on digging and digging and digging. How can so obviously I did not know about this product. How can I make it a success, or how right. can I make it go to the? How next to make level? a better mousetrap. Exactly. Yeah. So there was um, novelty, novelty meaning uh, patentable uh, ideas that I could patent about hmm. those particular products. And what it was is is the groove in the bucket and the tray where you rest the.
0: Well, let's back up. Explain the, the, the original product, the Roller Bucket. Explain what, you know, you, we've kind of talked about it, but what, did, what exactly did you create based off your, your thoughts and so ideas? So
1: my actual invention, what I invented, mm-hmm. invented was basically like the steering wheel to a car. I didn't invent the car. I didn't invent the bu- mop bucket. I didn't invent the shop pack. I didn't invent the tray on wheels. I invented the steering wheel to the roller bucket or the roller tray which mm-hmm. basically gives you the maneuverability to go around you know where you where you rest your roller in and you you're able to turn the product around nobody had anything like that so that was okay. the novelty yeah. thing where i got my patents
0: made on. it unique
1: right yeah, yeah
0: yeah so but so that was product that the first one mm-hmm. now what, what 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 were some of the challenges that you faced in bringing a, a new product to market? And then as you go through this, and I mean, we've talked about this, talk a little bit about the spiritual journey as well, because obviously there were, I'm sure, a lot of highs and lows, and there still is, mm-hmm. but what were some of the things early on that maybe some of the challenges you faced as well as some of the things that God was teaching you through this process?
1: Oh, wow. <sighs> we're gonna be here for three days. <laughs> I mean, the invention stuff's probably only five minutes worth of stuff, but what God threw it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's story after story. Uh, when I read the two books, uh, "Patent for Dummies" and uh, "Invention for Dummies," one of the one of the um, things that we that, that it said to do was keep a journal. Mm. So, right here I have journals, and
0: it even says journal. Right journal, in the front. and it tells the dates
1: too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, on these in these journals. I thought it was going to be a journal about the path of an invention, but when you read this, or when I write in it, um, it's 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 a spiritual walk with God mm. through a trial. Uh, it's the story isn't about an invention, although it is there. It's about God, and I thought to myself, "Wow, what a what a great thing to have." For my kids down the road, and and I don't know what's going to happen with the company name is Zorcorp, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen down the road with the company itself. It, if it it's going to plunk it or whatever it may be, um, but I do know that uh, hopefully that this story lives on hmm. uh, for my kids to see the trial that God was through there. So um, the the first thing the get go was making it from. From trying to back, so I'm thinking if somebody's got an idea out there on on a out there one of our listeners, what do they need to do? Obviously, those two books I said uh, are very important. And the first thing that I did was um, contact a patent attorney. So now, as a painting contractor, um, I'm on a budget. I'm on a tight budget. I don't have money to just be. Yeah, let's get an attorney. Let's mm-hmm. let's get a uh, auto a CAD
0: design, which is where most people would find themselves, right?
1: Right. So, um, for for myself, I had to do a lot of it on my own. And um, for instance, so when I went to the patent attorney, I gave him um, what I was saying, and he says, "Well, um, you know what you have? This is what you got. Here's your price." And I was, I just, if you want to know cost, I don't know what it is. Today, well probably close to this is about ten years ago. He said between ten and fifteen thousand dollars for a patent. Wow. And I'm thinking, gosh, Lenore, my wife Lenore, I'm like, <laughs> she's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> so I'm thinking, how can I make this work? So um, so that was my first thing. I contacted him and then it also said you needed investors. Uh, but before you need an investor, you needed to get a prototype as well too, something to show them on paper. So, um, so I had a, I needed a prototype. I needed uh, investors. I needed to get a patent. But there was this process of, um, you know, which one do I do first? I well, I need money for the patent attorney. But technically, you're not supposed to share ideas with people because they could run to the patent office first. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, in the patent office, it's not who comes up with the idea first; it's the first to file. File. Yeah. So that so it's it's kind of like you you're playing all these mind games, like what do I do first um, so during that my first I'm trying to put it in a in two years, a nutshell of of how it kind of came about um,
0: so really I, for two years, you were involved in either the, the getting patent that patent process, the investors or the prototype part those that was the first two years yeah. and I thought things were going to go a lot faster. So
1: the patent attorney I was able to find somebody to do it within budget the person that was not actually a patent attorney he was a patent assistant his dad was a patent attorney hmm. and um, he was able to help for a solid price it was an hourly price for a fraction of the cost to help me get to point A to point B to file it and I was like, oh praise God hmm. so so that was a challenge you know obviously you're on a budget. how do I get this out there? Uh, the other thing was, is how do I get people to stand behind me and believe in what I'm doing? So the investors, and uh, I approached a couple people, and and obviously um, I was uh, I was very fortunate to have my father, my dad. And uh, another gentleman by the name of Dallas Johnson that that believed in not only the product, but they they said they invested in in myself too, you know the drive. you know you're not just investing in a product, you're investing in the person. I'm not trying to put myself in any pedestal, but um, i I just wanted it really, really bad. Yeah. so um, they they believed in the idea. they believed in the process, and they were able to we were able to work up a contract. And, and work together with that. And then um, the prototype, the prototype itself. Now actually before the, before I got the investors, before I had my dad in Dallas involved, I had to get the prototype to show them something. So I was searching all over and I'm hearing people saying, oh, it's 10,000 for a prototype, it's, it's 5,000. My head is just going, I, I can't do this. And, and during those struggles when you said how to draw me closer to God um, it, it was through those struggles that when you have nothing else to hold on to when you don't have an idea where you're going next or what step you're going to take what do you fall back on what is what is your what is your your go-to hmm. you know and there and it was God it was God all the time and um, this podcast, you know, as we're talking about this, it's, I don't know if it's going to be a podcast about success with business, but what God could do through you through your storms in your life, whatever it may fall down to. So anyways, about the prototype, I had to get a CAD drawing. And as I told you prior, uh, earlier, about my education, my lack of, you know, art was one thing, but math, it was, in, in college, I got, I failed pre algebra you know how do you fail pre-algebra in college? So math
0: um, is not your strong suit. It, it was
1: not, and so what I had to do with—if anybody knows anything about CAD, it's all about mathematics. You got to have this kind of degree, calculus background, and um, and you could hire somebody to do the design on the computer for you, but it was thousands of dollars. And yet, not only that, when you call somebody to do a job for you, they'll They'll if you say you're an inventor, they kind of think you have like a wacko, you know. You're like, here's another uh, one. Will I ever get paid? <laughs> yes, exactly. So I had my buddy. He says, you know, I got it's called SolidWorks. He goes, I got the SolidWorks system. Here it is. Um, try messing with it. and You put it together, and I'm thinking, I can't do this.
0: Is there math involved?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I I um, I looked at. I just did a lot of the tutorials on the on the program, and I finally got what I thought would work. I mean, I worked uh, late at night up until you know sun was almost coming up, and I worked. I think it was 13 days straight on building this product on, on learning the, how
0: to use CAD while building the product. Exactly
1: in CAD. So I go back to my buddy and I says, "Hey, I almost got it, but I don't know how to." Do one certain one certain thing. Can you help me out here? And he goes, "Well, call so and so. Maybe they can help you." So I did, and um, he's looking at it. And I never met that guy, but I, I called him on the phone. He saw the program, and he goes, "This is the worst design I've ever seen in my life." And I was like, what? I spent hours on this. And he goes, no, no. What it is, is is that your your design, when you did the mathematics, if I needed an 18-inch bucket, I would put a 2-inch plus a 1-inch plus a quarter inch plus maybe 3 inches. So when you look at the math, because you don't look at the product, the engineer looks at the math. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know what you want. I can clean it up, and I can do it now that... I could do it for you at budget because I know where you're going with it. You've already got it started. And right. Yeah. Now, before that, I, I, with the prototypes, another thing that the book said, if you don't have a lot of money, go to the colleges. There's a lot of schools that will, um, with with translations. So, so if you needed three languages on your product, hmm. go to the French department. Go to the Spanish department. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I went to FGCU. And that was the same thing with SolidWorks. But to back up, before I got to that point with me doing it myself, I actually contacted somebody at FGCU to do my design. So if somebody's out there with an idea, they do have a program over there at FGCU where you could pay a student to do it. But we just were not getting to point A to point B. Um, and that's when I went on my own. So,
0: Well, two years in that process. Mm-hmm. At what point from... 2012, when you had the idea kind of started really working seriously till it actually was a product that somebody could go into a store and buy
1: 2015,
0: 2015. So three years Uh of a lot of hard work, sweat, tears, the whole thing. Uh, That last year before it went on there, what, what were some of the challenges in the last year? So getting into retail,
1: retail. Yeah, that was the big thing. So we went to the national hardware show in, uh, Lenore was really good at research, knowing where to go next and, and how to get it out, get the product out there. So she said, honey, here's National Hardware Show. It was in Vegas. Uh, Let's go to it. So we, um, uh, my dad went. My, my brother, Mike, He, he was uh, uh, very, he's, he's very good at sales. He's just really gifted. And uh, Lenore and I went. And we went there, we finally had our prototype. I had my prototype done too as well. What people were quoting me here in the United States, I had it done in China for 400 bucks. It, it's crazy to get a prototype mm. for that for that cost. Yeah. You know, that was like, I was, like I said, my struggles that I went through, I said, like, God, you know, give me away. And I, I truly believe if you have a desire to want something you're leaving it in God's hands, you know, um, and you're looking and looking and looking and looking, you know, it'll pop up, you know, the, the answer. Um, but, but we went to the National Hardware Show, and we were in the inventor spotlight section. So you had the big dogs there. You got Home Depot, you got Walmart, you got Sherwin-Williams. And um, uh, prior to this, me, us going there, I had a contact for headquarters in Sherwin-Williams that somebody else gave me, and I told them I was going to be there. And I gave him my booth, so uh, I was looking forward to seeing Sherwin Williams at the show. So I mean, I had Walmart. I remember Walmart, you know, coming on up to us, and and they're like, "Oh, you know, what what's that product made of?" And they're moving it around, and and the lady, she just, uh, I says, "Well, it's APC, whatever the prototype stuff was." But I don't think she caught on to it, and she goes, "Well, how much is it?" And then as soon as she said that. She took her thumb and went right through the product because it was a prototype. I'm like, "Oh, that was four hundred bucks," you know. <laughs> and she's like, oh, "I'm so sorry," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's all right." So quickly, I had the bondo and I had the spray can of the orange trying to fix it before but... sherwin Williams came around.
0: So anyway, Sharon. So I guess you didn't get a. a- Contract with Walmart in that moment.
1: Not at that moment, but I did have connections in there. I yeah. was able to, to pursue that. I had Costco too. You know, a lot of a lot of big name people. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sherwin Williams was the one to because it's it's a it was painter product. Yeah. So Sherwin Williams was the one to take the risk. So we kept the contact with Sherwin Williams and i didn't actually have product at the time i just had the prototype and they decided to do a test in 72 stores now during that 72 stores um if it performs well they'll roll it out nationwide which they have close to 4,000 stores so um so we did when you said roll out in retail stores i got inventory um late january it needed to go turn around and go straight to sherwin williams for the for the test product. Mm-hmm. So it was about 2015, I think it was, or somewhere in there, of February.
0: So, yeah. So you have that product, um, mm-hmm. and I know that was just the beginning, really, because mm-hmm. you didn't s- just sit there and try to get that product into more stores. I and mean, you did that, but you did a lot more, came up with some more products, correct? I did come out with some some other products as well, too, that
1: we thought would help out the business, ZorCorp. Um, and um, there's obviously the tray on wheels, and the, there's a bigger tray on wheels. So I'm trying to accommodate all kinds of painters. You know, you have different commercial, styles. Yeah, uh, you got people that use 18-inch rollers. Oh, okay. You got people yeah. that use nine-inch rollers. You got some people that use 12. So I was trying to accommodate all that I can. I right. checked all the boxes. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. Now everybody's got a, a way to use the product line.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that, that that went on for a little bit, but. What I thought back in 2012, I thought that my vision where the business would be, was honey we're moving to an island you know <laughs> everybody's got this idea that you're an inventor and you make it big lots and of cash <laughs> you got lots of cash you're good and life is easy no more problems and um that is not the case mark
0: Berger. yeah no i oh. i know I, I know you had to hustle a lot just to get oh. product in stores and retail and yeah that probably once you had a product that really became a full-time job almost right
1: a lot of hours spent you know i, I was at the time i was still physically on the job painting mm-hmm. so um, a lot of my stuff dealing with China they are obviously right about 24 hours difference so if it's I'm dealing at nighttime so if it's 10 o'clock at night or 12 o'clock at night it's 12, around noon o'clock there mm-hmm. noon o'clock know uh, you, you know Matt so uh, I was working late nights trying to coordinate that and doing the painting business, waking up and doing that as well too so and uh,
0: tough season in your
1: life. It was very rough but you hear those stories mm-hmm. when somebody tells a story of what they did to make it mm-hmm. they did everything you know um, if you're gonna own a restaurant you got to know how to clean the dishes you got you got to know it all you can't just be one of these guys that thinks like hey I'm gonna be a boss and I'm gonna just direct tell people what to do no you got to know how to do every little step and put in your time
0: yeah well you're a hard worker and that oh. kind of goes along with the whole serving aspect you. Mm-hmm. You you don't mind getting your, your your hands dirty and rolling up your sleeves and <laughs> I learned that from my do. parents. Yeah, yeah.
1: My dad was a, uh, he's an entrepreneur. You know my mm-hmm. dad, yep. and he's just a hardworking man. And and, and his, he to this day he's he's working like he's in his twenties. I mean he I don't believe today he works because he needs to. He works because he absolutely loves it.
0: He loves it, Enjoy and he's
1: it. gonna do it till. You I can't. believe, it, yeah. Until something <laughs> forces them. I and mean, my right. mom, you know, my parents were truck, my my grandparents were truck drivers. So,
0: yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I see you brought one of your uh, newest inventions uh, mm-hmm. into the into the studio today. You want to tell us a little bit about about that? Okay, so
1: I want to mention how this one came about because this is the one that actually is taking the company to the next level. Um, I was struggling. Uh, and I'll try to tell the story as fast as I can. Um, we were struggling with with ZorCorp. The product was not selling. The roller buckets, the roller trays were not selling as well as I imagined. We had overstocked product uh, from China. Um, we're getting our buckets made here locally in Fort Myers, but at the time it was in Chicago. But there's a lot of parts involved, so we overstocked on a lot of Chinese products. And Sherwin Williams orders were not coming in like the way that I thought it was. You think like, hey, I'm in four thousand stores. You got to be selling X, Y, Z amount numbers. I mean, you could. I, I can't even imagine what
0: number. What would you think you would be able to sell in four thousand stores, Mark? Uh, I would think you would uh, sell being selling in the Hundreds, if not thousands, of roller buckets. Exactly.
1: That's that's what I thought too, and that was not the case. Our numbers were average to low for sherwin Williams, hmm. and um, at that time they test your product for about. So we made the test product, or to go nationwide. We went nationwide, and then at the end of the third year, uh, I had a feeling they were going to kick us out. Like that was it. So I'm ta- I'm thinking to myself this can't be the end of the story. And you know, I'm writing my book, I'm like, I can't just end it here. Uh, but through all these times again and again, all these struggles, it was all about God, like just digging into God, relying on the God, trusting in God. Like, is this your will for my life? Is this what you want for me? And um, putting myself out there to, to get the patents and everything. And I remember I was jogging one morning and it's Friday mornings, I, I would do 10 miles in the morning. So I would listen to a, a Bible sermon. And I, to this day, I still listen to a Bible sermon. And, and now I listen to your podcast shortly after that. Um, and I, it was about maybe 5.30 a.m. And I'm running right back by uh, um, between plantation and gateway. So I'm back there, and I'm just thinking. I, I get done with the sermon and my, my five-mile marker. I pray. Well, at this time, I just I just laid it out to God. I got on my knees, and I just... I just prayed and I prayed and I says, God, you know, give me something, give me, give me another idea that, that, that can help this company if it, if it's in your will, you know, not my, I'm thinking, um, you know, how Jesus had said that before Gethsemane, you know, it was about God's will. Mm -hmm. And obviously Jesus didn't want to go through the suffering, but, but I says, let it be in your will. And, and I got up and I started running and it wasn't about a quarter mile later that, um, this product came to mind. And I was just like, wow. I mean, it was a minute after my prayer, you know, not saying that God answers prayers like on a dime like that, but uh, I says, wow, oh, this, is, this is something. And uh, it was basically, I thought to myself, I started understanding from all the failures that I had prior with my products, what could actually work what is good for retail what do people want
0: um, so you learn from your mistakes
1: <laughs> exactly and i made many of those i had <laughs> i don't know how many if i made 100 mistakes i had one success yeah. you know so um, i learned from all those and, and some of it was uh, package size so when you look at a real estate on a store shelf you may see in your um, cash register a jar of gummy bears or something like that or. Um, fireballs, or and they're a quarter each, and all you see as a consumer is a quarter each. But as a retailer, they look at this space that's pretty small. Know, it's yeah. pretty small, and they say, "Well, gosh, I got, I got a hundred, I got a hundred of them in there. You know, look at my math. That's twenty-five dollars <laughs> right there. If I sell that, is that right? Am I good if I'm <laughs> yeah. right? So I saw real estate, so I needed something small. Right. And this product right here, and, and in a sense came out. Now, ignore my nails. I've been working in the yards trying to get everything going, but it's it's basically, uh, and I didn't invent the putty knife. Everybody knows what this is, and I did not invent the razor knife, but these are the top two products that painters carry on them every day in their pocket. They, they need them to cut plastic, and to, to putty stuff. Right. So I says, Well, why don't I put the two together?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I shouldn't say that's what I said. That's what God told yeah. me. He says, Why don't you put the two together? So I did. And I put a little finger loop here. Let's I call it a quick grab, or I call it a little flipper. Like mm-hmm. at the time, fidget spinners were
0: Popular, big. Yeah. yeah.
1: So my kids were always playing with them. So, and painters are fidgety. If you ever had a painter in your house, they're like, Hey, what's going on? You know? <laughs> so, um, I was able to come up with not this exact one. This is my newest one that I just got in a week ago, but real
0: similar to this. And what do you call it? Two-edged knife. Two-edged knife.
1: And do you know why?
0: Because you have a putty at one end and a well, two-edged, right?
1: two two-edged. Uh, Hebrews chapter four verse twelve. The word oh. of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, pierces ah. between the bone and the marrow. So ah. all my all my products have. Item numbers that are biblical. So the roll bucket is RBC three twenty three, you know, Colossians three twenty three. Whatever you do, work with all your heart, is if you're working for the Lord, not for man. And then I have my my paint grids is J three sixteen, and then I got you know Philippians four eleven to be content. Everybody gets the four thirteen and thinking about all the success, but they're not thinking about the content. Yeah. Well, I think God's really worked on me with the Philippians four eleven the most of being content with where God's got you, which is
0: the context for four thirteen as well. So
1: yeah, and people so. Um. So I, I, I'm like, I'm gonna name it two edge knife because it's got two edges, mm-hmm. and my my product numbers is you know H four
0: twelve. So how long has this product been on the market?
1: Now that was in 2017 when things were falling apart, and I got the call from Sherwin Williams. I think it was in 2017, and they said, Steve, I got bad news. We're gonna we're gonna take you out of the stores. So it's just not selling the way we thought it would. But, um. Yeah, they said that and I says, Well the, the buyer's name was Mike. I says, Well, Mike, I got another product for you. He goes, Well, what is it? Send me a prototype. And so I sent it off to him. And now this process what took me what I told you to get to point A to point B yeah. took me three years. Right. Took me twelve months. I got the prototype. I got the um, getting a little more efficient. Oh, it was it was it was it was a lot easier. And luckily I the people that God put in place uh, in my life that I ran across uh, through this process, I was just able to connect. My neighbor was where my office is in Gateway was a manufacturer, and there are very few manufacturers. So he was able to help me tremendously uh, with a lot of stuff. So it, it went in the test stores in 2018, I believe, and we were up against 3M. Are you familiar with 3M? Mm-hmm. We went up against 3M. We, were up, uh, we had about 30 items test in williams And you think of these big names, Purdy. I don't know if you know Mm -hmm. Purdy Brushes. Oh, yeah. 3M. um, I'm sure Scotch, Scotch Tape. You know, you got these big people, these big names out there. And I'm going against these. I kind of feel like this David and Goliath kind of thing going on here. And and our sales were number one. So 3M was behind us, but we were 50% ahead of them. Oh wow. We were double their sales and they were in second place. And I just says,
0: "Wow, look at God working." And this, this is with the two edge. This
1: is the two edge. Now the you know? two edge was um a 5 in 1. I don't know if you know what a 5 in 1 yep. is. It's it's is a different shape.
0: Yes. Let me ask you a question. This mm-hmm? is just that that little half circle. That's the I always use it for my rollers to kind of screw it. Is that what that's for that's to exactly, get the paint out of it when you're cleaning it? That's exactly okay, what it yeah. is.
1: Yeah. It's for that. Yeah. So
0: um the product went well and they, they I have a little up. history painting. Did I ever tell you? You this do story? no. Yeah, when I was in seminary, I uh, it was a part-time job I had that uh, I painted houses.
1: Really? Yeah. We are hiring just to, yeah. <laughs> for, in between season two and three. If
0: you got any time, time. No. Yeah. So we. Um, so that was the first version that was more like that a was the first one. yes. Five and one.
1: Yeah, and it, and it, and it performed really well. And and honestly, if it had not been for that, I believe the doors would have been closed for ZorCorp, the company. Um, and then i started getting requests from other painters saying hey can you make it a flex blade now flex means bendable right you know see how that bends the mm-hmm. one that i have is stiff and it's but a different one you want it to be stiff right yeah, yeah. so i says well so now I you have two that? two and ones no, no, or you I discontinued got the four oh, of them. four of them oh so i made goodness. different sizes so um, yeah. i got the original
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, then um and, and actually Who's helped me with a lot of design is Tyler Small. You know Tyler Mm -hmm. Small?
0: Absolutely. He's done a
1: lot of the marketing, putting some, putting the packaging and stuff together. Uh, Then I have uh, the one inch, this is an inch and a quarter. I have a two inch and a four inch. So I presented this particular one to Sharon Williams again to see if they wanted to test it in their program. And um, well, actually, it was, I gave them all three of them, the new ones. And they said, yeah, we want to test it. So I just got product in. And what I'm saying, when God works things hmm. out, if he wants it to happen, he'll, he'll, he'll make it happen. Um, they wanted to test it, and I needed to get it to their facilities by February 4th. So this is just a recent thing here. And uh, in China, there's new restrictions on what you can ship. And one thing that they cannot ship is knives, nice. blades. So they could send this, but they can't send the blade. So I I tried... China's telling me, we can't ship it, we can't ship it. And I'm thinking, these gotta be rolled out in those test stores. Mm -hmm. It was due February 10th, I believe it was, and it's gonna go into the 72 stores on March 3rd, whatever it may be. I'm like, how can I get this? So I'm contacting all these people. I finally contacted one other person and everybody's telling me no, 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 no. And then I finally call headquarters and I says, can you, write me an email or cc me an email because what they thought this was was a weapon i guess kind of you could think like when you say knife lot. they yeah. think knife but it's yeah. for plastic so headquarters was kind enough to um, write an email saying look this is a paint product we need it for our paint stores and we're doing it in a test and the email came from headquarters mm-hmm. and the next day was Okay, we'll ship it out. Oh, awesome. So (laughs) it it arrived, actually not even to me. It went to Chicago. And from there, somebody broke it down and shipped it all to the DCs, the distribution centers. And then I got this particular one, you know, a week ago. It was in my hands. Hot,
0: so, off the, uh, hot off the manufacturing press. Hey, we're gonna we're running out of time. We're gonna have yeah. to wrap up. I want to ask you one final question. Mm-hmm. Just if if somebody's listening here and um, they have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, or just just a, another businessman or businesswoman, what's the biggest takeaway spiritually that you've had in this journey? What's one thing that you'd want to encourage somebody uh, in their own walk with the Lord mm-hmm. as they serve, as they work? Uh, I know that's a very broad question, but there's got to be something that kind of stands out through this process for you.
1: My quiet time with God. Mm. You know, it was the times when I was struggling the most is when I felt the closest to God. Um, I would put my phone on airplane mode, and I would kick off my lights in the warehouse, and I would just sit in the back and not only just talk to God, listen, listen, you know, so many times we forget to listen to God and just be filled with the Spirit and let it move you. And um, that's the first thing that comes to mind is is the quiet time and allowing God to speak to you. You not just yeah. going to God. If you
0: don't slow down uh, and have that time, He can't speak, yeah. or it's much more difficult. He might yeah. have to get your attention the hard way. <laughs> and quick thing, real quick, Mark. Thank you for having me on the show. I was trying to get
1: the original knife for you. So I left the office without it. And then I went to Sherwin's to buy one, but they were out of stock. They're so, selling so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually they probably just lost it in the bag. I don't know. <laughs> but then I, and I'm like, you know, I wanted to give you one.
0: Oh, you don't so have to do that. I,
1: I don't have to, yeah. but I want to give you the only one that may be in the hands of an actual consumer. I, I'm the only one that opened this package. You know the ones that just came out? Mm-hmm. Nobody else has this. It might still be in the distribution center in a box. I only opened one. So I want to give you this, my friend,
0: the, oh, no! the very first one. Oh, no, you don't need to do that. I don't need to, but I want to. Oh, thank you. You're very,
1: very welcome. You could use it to spread your peanut butter on your
0: bagel in the morning. <laughs> you don't look like you eat bagels. but Not often, but yeah. That's really cool, though. And yeah. like I said, I have a history and paintings so, yeah there you go yeah thank you so much well thank you for for being our guest i appreciate it very much and we also want to thank our listeners which you are one of those listeners mm-hmm. for being a part of our here at home podcast community and uh hopefully they'll even uh, when folks see you around church they uh, know who you are they'll let you know how much they appreciated you sharing uh, what you did with us today yeah. so this wraps up another episode of the here at home podcast and by the way if you haven't subscribed because steve's a subscriber right you a subscriber
1: I just No, I just click on podcast and just click on
0: yeah. the podcast. Okay. Well, you can subscribe too. Subscribe to the podcast. And if you haven't done that, go ahead and do that. Leave us a rating. If you're on uh, Apple, listen on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a, uh, a five-star rating if you so desire. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here at home in a couple of weeks.